Well, it's the end of April at the Pond Theater. Got a big brawl going on here. Whether that be the Mitchells versus Machines, Invincibles at their finale of season one, but also the latest Tom Clancy movie starting Michael B. Jordan without remorse. That is Tom Clancy's without remorse. Anyway, the Pond Theater with Chase and Cody. Howdy. Yeah, no just in this time. He's camping. Yeah, let him go out and camp there for a week. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not gonna go over because I, I yeah I know I was tagged over this weekend by a, a bunch of tweets because uh, he he wanted to let me know a certain ceremony nobody saw was just that special. I mean, a lot of film fans have a love-hate relationship with the ceremony. I mean, at the end of the day, these awards don't mean anything, but it's also a celebration of film, and sometimes they do give a, a platform for smaller movies that some people wouldn't see, but it's also a very strange year in general for movies. Well, but the thing is that, I, because I, I did a recent interview with Pegasus Film Vessel. I, I'm not going to go into it because I already talked about this in the gaming tab poll, but the Pegasus Film Vessel coming up in the end of May or May 22nd, uh, it's run by high school student filmmakers, and like up and coming people who will work in the film industry down the road in the future. And all of them are like, yeah, the, the Oscars what? The, the Oscar who? I even said, does anybody know the Oscars is on tonight? And they're like, no, I I didn't know anything about that. And they're like, yeah, screw, I, I just don't really see the importance of it today. Honestly, and people are going to say, oh, you kids, you, you don't get the, you don't get the importance of film. I'm going to side with the youngsters because the thing is, yes, there's always a way to celebrate film. I don't think we need the Oscars for that because and the reason why I say it, because for one, that the fact that it is steadily declining in viewership and the desperate, the ways they're trying to get people reeled in, I thought were absolutely, like, I didn't even see this year's Oscars and things that I've heard about it, like all the videos people have been making, like, nobody was happy with this Oscars besides Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we haven't, me, oh. I haven't heard his thoughts on the yeah. overall show and like who won and all that. But yeah, the way they did the show this year was disastrous. I mean, the, I did kind of like like how they had the seating and everything, but yeah, it was a weird show, and they should not have waited to the last minute to do the said award they did at last because yeah they can't count on who's going to win because the only people who know who won are the people the accountants who counted all the ballots which something that's interesting to know one of my recent interviewees and giving credit to her uh or nellen is just gorgeous uh uh, or body paint uh, artists and she works at the uh, musical theaters or she's done theater performance she found a statistics on the people involved in the Oscars. And when I looked at the stats of the recent years, like both last and this year, I was like, okay, of course. Because the reason why the Oscars keeps declining, because 
it's going the way of blockbuster just failing to see how movies evolve films are evolving that's why they keep promoting the same type of movies every year and the thing is all right i with uh anthony hopkins that's the biggest controversy was as you said at the end with anthony hopkins winning as in the, the father it's that's not the thing that bothers me like Oh, I mean, he's a great well, actor. Yes, it's not his fault he won. He didn't know. He didn't even go. Yeah. Well, what bothered me is that they used Chadwick Boseman's death as a one huge ad. And what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that from what I heard, they kept um, t- talking about him. They kept uh, doing like different, uh, uh, or they, they tried to hype this up, the best actor, putting that for last. One other thing that they didn't tell you at the Oscars they send good goodie bags bags to all the winners, and in those goodie bags is a photo of Chadwick Boseman. You didn't know this. No, I didn't know this part. I knew why they decided to do Best Actor last because the producers thought it was going to be some big emotional moment where his wife would get up there and talk about Chadwick and his life because they assumed he was going to win Best Actor because he had been winning almost every award before so. But because they don't know who wins, they shouldn't have done that. No, what, what, because that's the thing is all this talk, yeah, the Oscars all for that, they don't care. Like, I think people should, at this point, they should really realize that the, the folks running the Oscars currently, they don't care about diversity. What they see in diversity is, oh, this will get people watching our show if we say, oh, we're we're for Black Lives Matter, we're for Black uh, actors and actresses getting that, we're for women getting their roles. Because I heard uh, Chloe Zhao is that her name? Like she kept talking about uh, wanting to win the Oscars. So when I heard that she won, I was like. Okay, so they did that because she was hyping that up and that was going to get... All right, you know what? I have no interest in covering the Academy Awards on this show. And I don't give a crud what, what type of <laughs> type of trash talk Justin will throw at me because he did. Because he, he was so angry at my admiration that the, the me gushing about Arlo the Alligator Boy, a movie he's never seen... And he even said, well, at least it's not Dragon. I'm like, you really think I was talking about a bad movie? Does he, because it's a t- TV movie. Like, Do you know, because I brought this up to the Gaming Temple co-hosts, uh, Rihanna and Craig, and they're like, wow, Justin sounds like Martin Scorsese. And I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, you hit it right in the head. That is, I, I did wow. not see such a close comparison. Because when Martin Scorsese made a, made a big deal, it's like, that is not cinema, these Marvel movies and these uh, big special effects films. And Justin was like that to me for a movie he never watched. That's not a real movie. Yeah, it's something you like, but it's not an actual good movie. And then he continued talking crud about it after the Oscars was over. You, you, this is a movie podcast show where we talk about movies all year and you chose to talk about a freaking alligator, but not the Oscars. I'm like, you darn right. And you know what? I'm going to throw more insult to your face. We're going to be covering the Pegasus Film Festival. <laughs> so you get I mean, to watch all these kids. Supporting uh, up and coming young filmmakers and seeing their work. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Oh, but they're not real movies. They're not real movies. Well, everybody's got to get a start. I mean, Spielberg started making movies in his backyard with a Super 8 camera. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love You know what? That's the thing. That's also the beauty of this is that both the gaming tadpole and the pond theory. I got my subtle, like, calm guy, and I also got my crazy person. And in this, it's uh, Justin and at the gaming tadpole, it's Rihanna. I love Rihanna so much. But she is so PG rated that she flips out over something that isn't even like P thirteen. Like we were talking about, uh, or we we were promoting Craig's cosplay for the Demon Slayer movie. That's why I brought up Justin because I was like, yeah, I, I just slipped in the movie Demon Slayer, and Justin gave me a bad look. Then I went over to a friend's cosplay because uh, I posted two cosplays, Craig's cosplay, and then. Uh, Oh, uh, DJNA, and I was noticing how like Craig, who is a guy, he had twenty likes, twenty-four likes. DJNA, she got like one hundred and fifty likes and counting. Now it's at around three hundred and fifty, so she's getting really popular. But Rihanna notices that yes, her cosplay has a little, not even a lot, not even a lot, a little bit of cleavage. It's like wearing a cocktail dress. And she got so crazy over that. It was almost like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Now he hates it. We hates the boobs. We hates it. And I was like, holy crud, Rihanna, she, she is just as kid-friendly as you. I don't care. She hates it. I was like, all right, okay, all right. So that's the beauty of <laughs> I will add, though, it is pretty amazing that Chloe Zhao won. That is, does mark history at the Oscars, and it's a shame that she's only the second woman to win Best Director. Well, the reason why she won is because there is, again, the Oscars is not responding to people in a room actually making decisions. Oh, this is our best film. They're responding to a business because Chloe made a whole ad campaign. That's what it wasn't like added here is because she kept talking about it again and again. She's going to win an Oscar. She's going to get an award. What was that movie? Nomadland. Yeah, Nomadland. Yeah, I'm going to get an award for this. You're going to see me. This is my big prize. And for her to get it, it's like, okay. I, I know like, it's unfortunate that yeah. you have to schmooze and run a campaign just to get an award. But I do think she did direct the hell out of that movie and did a great she did. job. She did. So, I, I thought it was well directed, but it's just like, yeah, I didn't. That's why I just don't really like the Oscars because they aren't genuine. They they prove it time and time again. They don't care. They want to, to have those viewer ratings to you know make money. But as displayed, if you look at the, the statistics, it's steadily declining because the only group of people who are watching the Oscars now are people who are that obsessed with film or older generations because the younger generations they don't care they're not supposed to care i i mean i mean at the end of the day what movie gets remembered and what movie doesn't doesn't matter if it wins an award or not i mean some of our greatest films weren't even nominated yeah like mulan has this soundtrack people sing to for years and Back at the Oscars, I think that one lost. Like, it won Best Animated Feature, but it never won Best they, Musical. They didn't have Animated Feature back then. Well, I don't... 
I don't remember what won best song that year. That's a long time ago, but I, it, I, I don't think it won. I think you're no, right. it didn't. Like I do remember it lost best soundtrack and best original song. Like that went to a live action musical. I forgot the name of it. But the thing is, that is a musical people love for years and years. That's why they got mad at the Mulan remake. Is like, how dare you remove the musical numbers? And that movie did not win an Oscar for best musical. Even though it was nominated, it was on the list, runner-up, but it lost to other live-action films I don't even know about. So, anyway, without remorse, this is a good segue again. Well, I was rooting for <laughs> I, I was rooting for this film. The reason why you got Michael B. Jordan, he's the lead star, and you know what? I think it's great for what he's doing. He's trying to la- or attach himself onto different types of roles instead of always having to be about the struggle. I, I mean, to do have an action movie, a drama, or a comedy that just so happens to have a diverse cast or a diverse lead, that can be something great. And attached to a big name property, Tom Clancy, who has made several movies, books, video games... That name has been a success long before his life, or long after his life. Well, I mean, I, actually, maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't think the Ubisoft Tom Clancy games have been taken off. But what are the? I mean, oh wait, okay, Rainbow Six Siege. But besides that, I. I mean, they're still adapting his work in yeah. either film, television, and video games. So yeah. his his name is still known to somebody. That I mean, they yeah, keep adapting. It's like Clive Barker or whatever, some other, after, before you enter in the name of the title, it's always got to have Stephen this King. Yeah, Steven Spiel, Steven Spielberg. So I was looking for this. I mean, the, the plot of it, simple, a guy trying to get revenge, his wife died. So he was, he's going off to kill all the bad guys, the Russian terrorists, Russian bad guys. They're doing Russian things. But the trailer got me interested because it looked like, okay, at the very least, what could sell this is just seeing Michael B. Jordan as a lead action star with strong performances and whatever type of charisma or at least drama that he could bring into his version of this pretty much redundant plot. I mean, this is just the formula for an action movie, except... On execution, man, I on ex that's the more I'm just I have a hard time even just continuing on this after saying on execution because besides Michael B. Jordan, there's other familiar actors and actresses, black I mean black actors and actresses in lead roles, not just just about whatever plot is going on. It doesn't always have to be okay, he's black, so it's all about struggling. And the, again, that's a, a theme you can address, but what I, when I was talking about back with the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers, you can have stories in, in different types uh, of genres with black men and women in lead roles. It doesn't have to be about the same thing that, again, Hollywood has promoted a lot. Man, I just wish the dialogue just didn't suck so bad. <laughs> Did you just snort? Uh, I might have just out of like agreeing and laughing. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Chase. I, I actually like a lot of the Tom Clancy adaptations. I'm, 
I even don't mind the John Krasinski show. So I was kind of like, okay, we're going to do a John Clark movie with Michael B. Jordan. I'm, I'm on board for that. I like Michael B. Jordan and things. But yeah, this movie is so bland. Like, yeah, it's redundant territory we've seen. But if you could like make the dialogue and the acting interesting, you could make this movie entertaining. It's not that hard. And like, I was just bored. The whole time. Well, so bored that when the movie ended, I didn't know there was going to be a tease, though this movie is all set up for uh, future installments. And I went to use the restroom and I came back. Oh, there's a there's a in credit sequence or whatever for the sequel. Yeah, how the movie ended was was freaking dumb. But... And even and even on that level, if you wanted to say, okay, I want to turn off my brain for this dumb fun, the action is so basic and forgettable. There's nothing in here that, that is worth a sitting of close to two hours. Now it's not an hour, it's an hour and 47 minutes, but, and it's not even constant action. It starts off with an action scene. So as the film begins, when uh, you're going through a tactical scene, I mean, it looks cool. It's shot well. And as soon as characters start talking, they started saying some D or F level dialogue. I mean, if you want to know a person character's personality, they'll just turn around and tell it to you. He's the he's the cool one. I'm the crazy guy. And I was like, oh, okay, is there anything else about? Oh, that's it. All right. Well, you didn't have to tell me your personality in just one word or, or so. Crazy, dumb hilarious insightful are, are, are we going back to the smurfs maybe <laughs> it's like they just took a blueprint of how to make this type of movie and didn't like put any kind of thought or anything into it they're just like all right here's a here's a military spy action movie here you go we got it well it, it, it would have been much better if they were to take all those generic if they were even going to go this generic route at least just make the dialogue fun or the characters having fun or, or just pump up the action or make it more crazy but they don't go all the way they just go for the basic levels and, and, and the characters taking this seriously for the most part that's what gets me the dialogue is so corny but yeah they're having Michael B. Jordan and, and the, the woman from Queen, Queen and Slim, which I'd never seen Queen and Slim. I believe she's a great actress. I, I would completely doubt that based on this role alone. Yeah, it feels like the whole entire movie's on cruise control from beginning to end, and it never speeds up or slows down. It's just humdrum the whole time. Well, I mean, but because Michael B. Jordan produced this as well. Right. So obviously he wants to like possibly be in a franchise or maybe show up in the Jack Ryan series because this is a character from that series in the Clancy novels. And clearly they want to do a Rainbow Six movie. I don't know why they just went ahead and did a Rainbow Six movie. I mean, I know this is a novel that Clancy wrote that was kind of like a prequel for this character, but they don't they don't do what they need to do for this. Like you said, it's not like if they didn't want to put in the time and effort to make it very compelling, they could have at least made it fun. And they didn't even do that. 
And that's the thing, because out of all of Tom Clancy's properties, Rainbow Six is the one that it bears the most relevance, because that, that's the one I was trying to think. What what Tom Clancy property are people you still even think about today? Well, I mean, Rainbow Six Siege, because it has a huge community behind it. So to make a movie off of that, I, I mean, that could be fun. A tactical action, that could bring something different to where this does not. I mean, this brings all the cliches of an action movie right down to all of the thugs missing every single shot or at least making sure our main character gets the least amount of damage while meanwhile he's got pinpoint accuracy for all the other enemy this isn't just a stormtrooper thing this is an issue with so many action movies and i know there's some people that go on but action's action if you don't have a challenge for our lead protagonist I feel like the action can get a little dull. That's kind of my thing with the John Wick movies. I enjoyed the first two very much, but the third, I kind of fell off it because it's like, okay, well, John Wick is hardly ever going to get touched and he's going to kill and beat the crap out of everybody. So what is the point? What what sort of stakes do we have when we know he's going to kick everybody's butt? And with this at least with that john wick at least has some like quirky some dark sense of humor to say there's interesting characters and each film builds on this mythology of the like the underworld of these hitmen so even if you didn't personally like the third one as much as the first two there's still something going on and you can just shut your brain off with john wick and have a good time well i think that like the third one was also very long like it wasn't i i think with john wick that's something you could just go for an hour and a half but when it's two hours that's where i'm like okay there has to be some point where you can just like when you film a scene and you want to like tell the environmental everything has to have that sort of okay we're good and let's move forward but that is a good point john wick at least was consistent it was there was constant action it wasn't having to rely on its cheesy dialogue and here no, there are moments where there's no action. You're having to deal with these these professional actors and actresses saying some of the dumbest things. I, I mean, Michael B. Jordan, he may have produced this. I don't think he wrote the script. I, I think no. Was, yeah. I, I think he just wanted to be in, like, he's like, cool, I can have my own franchise character. That's cool. I think he just, want, like you said, he's just trying to branch out his, like, his, different types of roles he can play i think he tries it's just that most of the dialogue makes everyone feel like they're sleepwalking because they're just kind of reciting these lines but it's whatever and you've got talented actors like you said the actress that's in queen and slim you've got guy pierce you got jamie bell you've got talented actors but well it's like you get Michael B. Jordan from from even Just Mercy, and then he has a line where get, get, he has a line where he goes up to a guard and he's like checkmate, or he he's making a reference to checkers. Yeah, and he has charisma. You know, Just Mercy, Creed, Black Panther, Fruitville he, Station, yeah, Friday Night Lights. This this guy is talented. But like he's saying some of these dumb lines in it with a serious face. That's what gets me. And then not just dumb dialogue, but early on in the movie, he gets drunk and tries to talk to some guards. And this is in the trailer too. 
he drives a tow truck, but they don't explain how he got that tow truck. Yeah. And then he gets into a car that he set on fire. Which that part could have been cool if you would explain the, the, the setup to it. But they don't. It's like, hey, we're doing this cool action scene. But honestly, there are even some movie. I'll, I'll take extraction over this. That oh, for Chris sure. Hemsworth, Chris, Chris Hemsworth. I wasn't a big fan of extraction, but at least the action was interesting. Yeah. So really, I mean, the, the some people are going to look at this. Well, it's got a black lead. Why, why shouldn't we support? I feel like black men and women who may look at this, they may get offended because like you're having these talented people who look like us saying some really stupid things with a serious face, not having fun with any of their dialogue and just to, and not even used to their best talent. I would hope that you would expect more from uh, them. Like I don't, I don't think anybody should be supporting the, but I mean, I, I would, I'd still would support Michael B. Jordan in this type of role. That's why this isn't the only thing he signed on to. Love Death Robots season two is coming out, which I, I feel like we should uh, cover that, especially that Michael B. Jordan, he stars in one of the shorts. Oh, cool. Playing I, a I never finished role. Yeah. the whole season, but I, it was interesting what I've seen of it. Like he's trying to sign on to be a lead action star as well. So even when he was having some hope for this, I think he will be good because he there are much better, better, hopefully much better projects that he could sign himself on to. What this will mean, I guess Michael B. Jordan appears in the next season of Jack Ryan because they did say this was going to be universe. So this is going to tie into the John Krasinski, Jack Ryan series. Yeah, I guess for the action scenes that are okay, but re- really I give it a, the lowest of low decent because I didn't, I had, I did not have a good time with it. Yeah, I'm with you. A low decent. It's, it's, it's just so bland. I would love to see Michael B. Jordan, and I'm glad he's going to show back up because I think there's the opportunity to do good things with this and this character. Uh, I know he's also trying to develop a movie with Ryan Coogler where he plays a school teacher that tries to alter the testing because it talks about how rigged the state school testing is. It's yeah. based off a true story, I believe. I, I mean, Michael B. Jordan and even the actress, who is the name, the actress from Queen Slim, I think both of them are going to be good and fine. They're on to better things. This is just something that I think they thought was going to be something big and then they wrote this or looked at the script and was like oh no or maybe they believed in the script i again i don't know what what got them to sign on to this and uh, but well besides just you know trying to branch out and do more things which is a good thing to do as an actor and actresses to not be typecast in this day and age too with everything somebody being attached to a franchise you're like oh okay tom clancy people know that that's a franchise that could get me other roles too if i'm in this known property yeah i mean again killmonger with marvel but love death and robots that is one of the bigger known netflix series uh on the platform and for him to have a lead role role in one of the shorts I mean, he's done some other things. He's been with Rooster Teeth and again, Just Mercy. But I think that 
whatever project he signs up for, he's going to have a long positive journey ahead of him. Just that it just happens. Some things just don't work out. And this just didn't. You know, if Justin would be here, he would say, but this is the only movie on Amazon, so you got to watch it. (laughs) Yeah, it's the only movie on the entire streaming platform to watch. They took everything else off. Yeah. Come on. You need to see a new movie. You need to take your girlfriend to watch this. Come on. You got to support this movie. There's nothing else on Amazon Invincible. Stop talking about TV. Which I'm... (laughs) I'll put out because I'm going to do a spoiler discussion on that. So while we get back to that, let's move on to Mitchell's versus the machines. I was looking forward to this so much. I, I mean, how could you not when you have Phil Lord, Chris Miller attached to the project, even though they are producers, they're not the script writers or directors of this still producers mean they had faith in this project. And when you look at the trailer, it does seem to capture some of that inspiration. I mean, they love to play with different animation styles. Case in point, Clay, The Chance of Meatballs, Lego Movie, and Into the Spider-Verse. And this this has a unique animation style of its own. That's one of the things that draw me to it. It's got this nice, I don't know about like a comic drive, but like a teenager's cartoon, uh, cartoon, well... I gotta even describe it because I, I wouldn't call it comic, but it's definitely got those black outlines on each of the characters, kind of cell shaded a bit. Whatever you want, because I mean, still, it's like a drawing that came to life. Like you can see stills of this movie and go, "Wow, this it looks like a moving drawing uh, or a two D in the three dimensional space." But for the plot, you have this family not exactly getting along. You know, the Katie, it, it's mainly between two family members, uh, dad and Katie. Katie's gone off to college. She dreams of working in uh, the film industry. She's got like her own animation or film projects going on. A little funny video. She's trying to be an influencer. Just just make it out there in the creative field. And her dad has kind of been uh, just upsetting her, saying, no, you got to of the family you gotta enjoy the outdoors screw that technology and your personal career revolving around technology it's got it all about the family hey put your phones down let's make family eye contact let's do family stuff family <laughs> that scene was so great and they get in a fight and you would see okay well how is this going to work out well in order to get the family get get everything back together the dad cancels Katie's flights to college and instead we're going to go there on a road trip. We'll go camping, go on different adventures along the way. Meanwhile, the company that Katie was hoping to get an internship or a possible future opportunity has invented a new upgrade robot that will do everything for you until the owner of PAL, this company, Decides to piss off the AI and cause all the robots to turn against the entire world. So now, in addition to going on this family road trip, they're having to save the world from the robot apocalypse. (laughs) That is a lot in uh, an hour and 50 minutes. And guess what? Every hour and 50 minutes, 
It's compelling compared to the hour and 50 minutes of what's in Without Remorse. So I'm glad we got that movie out of the way first. Well, man, I I would love to completely agree with you. I want to say, probably on the positive side, while this isn't directed or written by uh, Chris Miller or Phil Lauren Chris Miller, some of the inspiration behind that, you do see that in place. You see the fast-paced zany humor of those movies it too now is it as good as those mm. well i'd put it on par with one of the cloudy with the chance of meatballs but it doesn't quite reach the lego movie or spider-verse level ought to be i actually don't think it reaches on that level either and the reason why is that the animation is i'll say the best thing about this movie it is so eye-popping with uh, how much creativity how they play around with like drawings and crafts uh, just throwing in a bunch of different animation styles together however the whole execution of this because what what you have here is you have a story about enjoy the great enjoy the family time and having too much technology is just a bad thing that's been done to death there there's so many family live action animated movies about there's more to it than that there's a deeper meaning than just the dad not getting technology and well okay i i mean i i get that because the katie wants to feel katie's not really connecting with uh dad anymore there i mean they do explain there is a con there was a conflict going on between the two that's caused them not to be together so it's not through the stereotype of, oh, technology is bad, the outdoors is good, even though it still kind of feels that way a little bit. I think w- one of the things you run into this when you talk about a film and put technology in the subject, that could either make for some one to some wonderful humorous commentary or some very dated jokes. And unfortunately, the humor of this movie does not quite reach the levels of really all all of uh, Phil Lord or Chris Miller's great hits. Because even with Clive the Chance of Meatballs, as much as the film never took itself seriously, there was still a lot of heart to it. And they try to add that with this, but it is sidelined by trying to throw in a bunch of references. There's a bunch of internet references i mean because if we want to deal with the internet the first thing we got to talk about those cute dog pictures cat emojis uh, talking about facebook uh, liking people and i don't feel like the humor when making that commentary I, I don't think any of that is clever most of the jokes that do work are when they are if they are exploring technology they're looking outside of that or they're adding in some of the the greatest parts of Phil Lord and Chris Miller's type of humor where there's going to be that joke that's going to throw, throw you off guard. Like when in the beginning they talked about this advertisement of the future of PAL technology with dogs. There was, there was this... Yes, that was great too. Like teach, learning, making the dog be able to talk. Yeah, and just that have poor it, dog was like it I mean, yeah, just it, it makes you look at your own pets like what are they really thinking? We always think of the simple things, and maybe they got deeper thoughts than we realize. I mean, 
when they could just throw you off guard, I do like that. And they got all the jokes throughout the film. I mean, even on their road trip, when they discovered the donkeys, I, I like how that escalated. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was great. He's whatever. He's with the whatever now. <laughs> I forget. The trail or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, there are things that are getting a chuckle out of me. And uh, there's a bit of sweetness about the, the sort of fan. Because I'll say what what would separate this from the films that's definitely, you know, taken some, um, either inspiration or uh, rip off, whatever you want to call it. Katie doesn't stereotypically hate her family. And that's what's preventing me from going, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this. Because, yeah, there was a moment where I thought this was going to go the route of uh, Fearless. That uh... <laughs> Wow, this movie's a masterpiece compared to Fearless. Well, but, I mean, animation. Fearless or whatever me. it's called. No, yeah, Fearless or Fear at Arless or whatever. <laughs> there were some moments where just like that film, again, it, it's trying to get you with things that aren't really... They got this song or musical number not musical number there, there's a song they love to sing together but and... that was a moment between the two of them when she was younger it wasn't like they just threw it in there to be like hey guys remember when this song was popular? I, I feel like they did because again it, it's a song it's a song that people aren't even that doesn't even what on the, the i want to know if, if you want to say the pop culture it's like but just th- that song I mean, yeah, it's something that they bond together, but again, it's just, okay, we're going to bond together through this thing. In a way, it's still like, hey, remember this or remember that. Like, they could have gone with, hey, let's just some corny song we like to sing together, but we're going to pick something that the studio owns just to be like, hey, we got we got some songs. Does in Sony here. own that song? Well, I mean, in order to have a certain song in a movie, you do have to pay. You have to get license. permission. Yeah. 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 They play it quite a bit. I just don't feel like the, the characters are that flushed out. And they're all for it's, if you want kind of a reference, it feels like an animated sitcom. Just the, the dad and the, the daughter trying to get along. Because while there are some, there's some great jokes throughout. And there's dated references there i mean there, there's furbies involved uh, like do people buy furbies anymore i don't think so but i like the joke because i'm like yeah those things are creepy <laughs> who would buy no but it's like okay in because this movie takes place in 2020 i was like i those those furbies they weren't or they haven't been really around since the 90s so that that was still weird to me it's like okay you're throwing this in that i mean you're trying to make jokes that are more towards today again t- referencing tiktok and all that i mean they reference instagram yeah instagram but when you make those references it's like what what type of commentary are you doing with it and, and they they go for the basic jokes and that that type of stuff is just what bothers me in these types of uh, comedies of let, let's be relevant for the kids. So while the animation just looks great, I'm I'm just not really invested in the storytelling or a lot of the humor. It, it's just a film that's just entertaining to watch in the the basic entertainment. That, that'll be great for kids. I mean, kids will love this. This would be awesome. 
but I wasn't laughing out loud like I normally do for movies from the producers of I mean yeah I wasn't crazy about the Lego movie too but Lego movie 2 had I would say more jokes that made me laugh than that oh maybe I guess I had to think because it has been a while since I've seen the Lego movie 2 but yeah it just feels like somebody that's really wanting to be those two uh, directors but not not exactly capturing everything that made those films great so this ends up feeling a bit inferior despite the movie looking so great. and Because that, that's what keep, keeps my attention the whole time. It's just fun to look at because of what they play around with all the time. I just wish the, the dialogue and humor was a lot stronger and it, it kind of hit deeper themes about this whole relationship with uh, you know technology and, and you know with the family. Because even when it wasn't going the ways so many other of these basic family films have done, it still came back around to saying the same thing. Like, I, I would have loved if something went both ways. I, I think one example is that one, one of the jokes is uh, the dad, he destroys the laptop, and then he, but then he also says, yeah, but, you know, you have to buy a new laptop every year. And I'm like, we've got to the a- point... It was an accident. They were in an argument. He well, yeah, do it on purpose. But he was throwing it. He was trying to throw in a joke of how you know how iPhones. You gotta. Ma- or I mean, he was being a dad. A lot of dads would say something like that. They'd say that about any technology. Yeah, Phones, I, I don't know. Refrigerators. I... Look, yeah, this movie doesn't quite hit the heights. Maybe because Lord and Miller didn't personally make it themselves. Though there are a lot of in vain type of humor that's trying to be of that level and some of it isn't as strong but there are some funny stuff in this movie are. I love that's what gets the me robots are great i like the little brother um yeah there's oh, yeah, some funny stuff yeah and I, I think it's a very sweet and charming story and you know it's about your dreams and living up to your dreams and accepting people's dreams it's it's a sweet movie and it's about someone who wants to make movies yeah it's not great but definitely could have been worse it's no charming no no it is way better than charming and yeah i'll, I'll put it above uh, moral combat which will probably piss justin off as <laughs> well we don't know his thoughts on this movie he may like this movie well or he might say this isn't a real movie <laughs> i mean it was probably going to be released in theaters yeah. probably before um covid and they probably sony probably made a deal with netflix or something no, yeah, and that's not the only film. There's one, uh, uh, the uh, guy from Hamilton. He, had, oh, Lin Manuel Morales. Yeah, isn't he doing an adaptation of Tick Tick Boom Boom or whatever that musical's called? Yeah, he's got one coming out, but it was supposed to go into theaters, and now, even now, because of COVID, still here, Netflix bought it, so now it's releasing home. And, and they got a teaser for it, all right. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Lin-Man, well, Moranis, I mean, I, I got to look forward to what he's got, he's doing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't trying hard to compare this to Phil Moore or Phil Lord and Chris Miller. It's hard, though, considering that at times it is really trying to be those films. It's just that... Well, I'm sure a lot of these animators and directors and writers worked on those other projects. Yeah. I, I I just feel like with the material it's gotten, there there could have been 
more they they were done other than what what was given just kind of going the basic routes just to get last to be quick let's get to the next scene yeah so i, I would give it a high decent because I, I again i do think this would be great for kids and there are some very entertaining parts about this but this is when it ended like the climax of it i i thought was dumb like i was not enjoying anything in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie but i yeah i i i just uh didn't think it was that strong but i mean i i love the animation that's yeah, the animation's great i think this is a perfectly fun family animated film no it's not the lego movie or into the spider-verse but those are like cream of the crop i'm gonna give it a high good i had a fun time with this movie and i think if you have kids show it to them you're you'll probably they'll have fun and you'll have fun it's not great but it's 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 a good quality film to show to kids yeah i I don't think it's a bad film at all yeah and their last thing invincibles or no i I, why do you keep calling invincibles when it's really invincible this is the chorus food little quick thing it's a new or live or actually animated adaptation of a comic by the same series or the same creator as uh, the walking dead which i think the show the same show producer or the show director because the producers of this is the same ones from the boys which is uh god why did i forget his name seth rogan seth rogan and why Goldberg. am i forgetting seth rogan out of all people in hollywood i i should not miss that guy but yeah seth rogan i mean people love what seth even if what seth, if seth rogan does not make a good movie you'll at least say well that is at least interesting because he and this is not uh saying against seth rogan or anything but it, it was out of reports he does like to smoke weed while he, writing scripts I mean, no, that that was like when he left. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that, I that's one of the things people know about him. So, I mean, yeah, I really like Seth Rogen. I, I think he's a very talented guy. He was a he's a person I would like to meet someday. So, I mean, no, nothing on that at all. And with this being an R-rated animated comic uh, book series, that does change some things where what people would perceive on course animation animated comic book adaptations with this being about a, a half human half superhero trying to be a normal kid go to high school uh, fall in love with a girlfriend but things turn to crud when uh, he's having to take on responsibilities of being a superhero and look after or take after after uh or lead this the glad or the global for it, or the the uh, superheroes that were before him all of them were horribly murdered by his dad <laughs> which That's that was the first episode <laughs> which that was the thing that got you because you're like oh this is a- oh my gosh did he literally knock that person's like skull off yeah because the first episode to me is like okay they're doing like an r-rated version again of superheroes and I wasn't quite invested, and then that ended. I was like, whoa, what is going Because I thought, you know, the show was going to be about all these characters, and you set up all these characters that are, I guess, like a proto-Justice League type of heroes, and then they all get brutally murdered by um, the main character's dad, who's, I guess, like a Superman type of guy. Yeah, Omni-Man, played by J.K. Simmons, and you know, Stephen Young as the titular character, invincible i mean other other known actors and actresses in this as well 
Zazie yeah. Beetz as uh, his uh, love interest. Mark Hamill as the tailor, uh, or uh, Omni Man's tailor. Seth Rogen also has it, having his own character in this show. He's an alien. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of other notable. It's stacked. Actors. It's stacked. That voice cast is stacked with notable actors and notable voice actors. Yeah. I was loving this because even what bef- at the first episode, the thing that I really enjoyed is how sincere it felt with our lead. I mean, it's just a kid. You just going through a, high, a normal high school. And I mean, you say, yeah, comic book adaptation of. Uh, the origin of a superhero but it's just awesome to see things today versus back then because i even remember the 90s spider-man shows and now peter parker did not even sound like a kid but besides the point no. he didn't even look <laughs> no, like it. he was so muscular he was a grown man like I, why are you in high school no i think he was in college actually in the in the 90s animated series when I looked at it, I thought he was teaching college. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you see the contrast between, you know, what what we perceived as a young char- char- character uh, in an animated show going through school, and this is a very diverse school. I mean, and they don't really uh, need to like. It's not. A, I mean, if they want to discuss about racism, I'm sure, but it. Just a normal school, and the main character he is half Asian. He have a, a black woman as the love interest, and other types of characters that are of diverse uh, race and also sexuality. But just seeing like feeling like a genuine drama, like with some actual heart, just written very well. Then to see it all go down that first episode, and then from there, I don't know how you felt about the seven episodes after that. I mean, I was enjoying it. There were moments of like, oh my God, like action and how brutal it would get. But there was also some hilarious stuff going on in this show. And like each episode kind of stuck to a similar theme till we got to the very end. I tell you, I wish we would have gotten more of Clancy Brown's character. I really like the uh, demon detective guy he was playing. I feel like he might be back. Now, throughout this, we I did sort of hint when I gave a non-spoilery thought of the first three episodes. He That's where he was showing up. And he was uh, playing as a demon detective trying to solve this seemingly uh, like unknown murder because nobody knew it was Omni-Man until close to the very end or halfway through. But he was the first one who was uh, as suspecting things and you see how things unfold where it was first him and he was t- privately talking to Ani man's wife and how she started uh, seeing things differently and i just really love the this character who ends up being the main antagonist of this show or at least for this first season because you just feel bad for our hero his whole life as he knew it was just a complete lie and, and just some genuine feelings going on through that. When we get to the very last episode, which was the most, you say how intense because of how gory it could be. Yeah, every time there's an action scene, someone's going to die in brutal, brut- why I say brutal? Not just one, like several people. Like when they're having those fights in the city, like every time they fall down, it seems like 10 to 20 people get massacred because of how powerful they both are. 
So when you get to the end and say, oh, you thought that was gory. Well, I got something for you here. Because I, I, I felt like this was about to happen. Now, one thing for sure that I was going to predict, it's not a, the movie show's fault. Like the show was letting you know this was going to happen. Because, I mean, eventually he was going to be found out and we were going to see Omni-Man for what he really was. Then, of course invincible was going to see omni-man for what he really was and he was going to have some feelings to say about that and mark is the i mean mark and and nolan because mark is just the loving just the the, just the center of the of this whole thing of having to accept these responsibilities and knowing some of the issues of you know i want to spend time with my girlfriend but i can't i had to be discreet although eventually she finds out that he's invincible and that i feel like w- with him not telling her until later some could say well why didn't you just tell her uh, her earlier if she was already gonna find out it's hard to really say given in this world where deadly murderous villains pop out of different dimensions they could appear at any point <laughs> like this this the earth has a terrible protection system right now <laughs> yeah there's portals and dimensions and people just po- aliens and races of villains just popping up that's like man it's like a invasion almost every every month which i i know they're trying to address it because walter goggins he's been trying to figure out and he's the uh uh first of all how you thought about walter goggins in this Oh man, I loved him like as that character. I think he did a great job as being like this head of this secret government agency that's supposed to like kind of rein the superheroes in and keep them in check. But, like basically but, their wrangler. Yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of almost their uh not what am I he would be Nick, their handler, I guess, is what, yeah. what the term is called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a little bit like his own Nick Fury, but not not the same way. I mean, it's not that he doesn't have shady th- things of his own, which <laughs> that is what we see towards the end with, with his, his zombie army of just reviving dead soldiers and putting them in cyber. Well, yeah, because was that episode where the undergrad are the guys like, using people to build a robot army and instead of arresting him he's like you're gonna work for us now like he's like oh that's not bad technology yeah because by the end this sets up so much i mean that i would figure this being a comic series i mean i wouldn't i would have i would expect that season one was not going to be a complete like okay it's gonna end right here we don't know if we're gonna be back for a season two no they're gonna be back for another season didn't they announce they're doing two more seasons yeah they did and i i would get that because this the show the writing in the show is awesome if in the i mean i like that seth rogan producing this along with the boys he's able to find different ways to approach the superhero genre as much as in the boys is spending a lot of times being cynical and making fun of it he loves comics and this does feel like a fresh take on the franchise not just being radar and being gory and not but it's just as much of a crime drama 
as it is of a superhero action show with, with comedy involved because there's like a mafia gang going on or now having new ringleader played by Mahasha Ali almost like he's reviving that role from Luke Cage just with superpowers and some of the other types of conflicts that are arising because through the season it's almost like they're just letting you know what season two is going to be like and with this the whole invasion that can uh these aliens they use a portal to teleport over to earth and start conquering everybody killing everyone but there's this thing where time changes in their world as as it does over here and but they left one alien or one little infectious parasite standing. And as uh, Mark leaves a, a certain planet, that infectious uh, parasite decides to leech onto its own inhabitants. And thus that continues. So you have that army, whatever Walter Goggins is doing as Cecil and then the question of whether or not Omni-Man is really going to return is he, this conflict, he ends by just disappearing. I think, and that's because as much as he's mad that Mark won't join him into uh, being a part of uh, the, the Vilgrites or the, the, the alien Viltrumites. Viltrumites, he couldn't kill him. And he almost did. Because he, he left him in a pretty bad state, but he just kind of looked back at flashbacks like, oh, but I just like how with this, what makes this a really interesting villain is not just how you affect the main protagonist, because that's what makes a great villain. How does this affect our protagonist, the hero who goes up against him? Not just being his father, but being a father that at the very beginning was just all for supporting him. And just being that friend that wants to know or what's best for him. To see him go crazy like this, the point of killing someone in front of him and saying, what difference does it make if he lives 100 years or dies right now? I was like, I think it makes a pretty big difference if you eviscerate an innocent man or let him live. Yeah, even though we knew kind of what was going on, I love that the reveal of how he's sets up it's like you think he's like this superman like character and then with each episode we get more and more of like he's up to something there's something no good and then like it's the worst case scenario of the superman situation right instead of him coming to be a part of us and help us he's here to infiltrate and destroy the planet it's different from with the boys because the boys also has its own antagonist superman like character because of that played by anthony star uh, yeah um highlander why am i saying no highlander, not highlander. uh all it's not all might uh that's no, all, that's, all my, that's, uh, that's my hero academia. academia what is his name on that show it's something like um, with america or something no it's highlander yeah it's highlander uh with with highlander he's a big man child mm-hmm. and i mean they've even explained is that he was not raised right at all homelander, homelander. That's okay it. i said highlander. i knew it was something patriotic yeah, yeah. homelander why am i forgetting this? maybe because i just watch so many shows and movies so it's that that gets to me but 
that is a man child a, a destructive man child a sexual predator and all sorts of just horrifying things this is someone who really thought he was raising a kid to be like him and just to find out he's got other plans that yeah drunk- and he's not a man child this is someone who's cold calculated knows exactly what he's there for and plays a front like but then once it once he turns it's like yeah this is me this is what i'm doing yeah and now he has to think okay what well, i want to go through high school it, i just feel bad for mark because now what is he gonna do he, i mean you got no buddy with that level of super strength other than him so he's he's got a lot of things against him got a lot of a lot of pressure on him the only thing that makes this better is the fact that all of his school friends are now on his side so it isn't like him having to abandon them and they'll be like okay where did he go now they all know also i want more of the um the twin evil scientist guy oh right because i liked what they ended up doing or trying to help robots who was originally part of the young uh or lead up to like the new superhero league or team it turned out that he was actually controlled by a, a man who was dying who's got a lot of health issues so they kidnapped someone to just trade bodies or they they made an, a different sort of a trade-off to save his life so his consciousness can live on in a healthier body but at a trade-off i'm gonna give you this uh prize information you've been seeking all this time no instead i'm gonna hurdle this giant robot at you and try to kill you too well instead he leaves and uh, you know joins the the heroes but yeah i mean you wonder what's gonna go- happen to those two they're in jail most likely they're gonna break out or someone's going to break them out. Or maybe they don't break out. Maybe they stay in jail. I don't know what's going to happen. The fact that they're feeling confident, though, because that's the thing, is they go into the, the jail cell and both of them are smiling. Like, they know what's going to happen. So you'll probably see more of them. I'm just curious to how season two will happen, because I was, was really loving this show. And to see it end in such a uh, anticipating cliffhanger, I was like, well, I have to wait a year to figure out what happens next. Because, well, unless season, yeah, season two, I think, is 2022. Unless it happens later in the fall. Because I think, don't shows, are they spaced out a year? Or do they happen, like, every six months or so? Typically, you have to wait around a year, maybe a little less. But usually, a second, like, a lot of shows that run, like, well, for network shows, they run, like, a fall and a spring and then this next season's that following fall but for like shows like this and on cable it's usually about a year apart per season okay unless unless they got to take a break to develop something yeah but or they made two seasons back to back because that i mean that sometimes they've happens. done that before yeah, yeah. but whatever this ha- comes up i'm i'm looking forward to it. this is one of the reasons to own amazon and amazon has their own superhero stories that aren't related to marvel or dc that i'm loving and yeah i put them on par with those marvel and, and dc movies the, the ones that i really love because of the theme i mean all the the themes that they go through i was like wow i i i'm just so impressed by what amazon is capable of at their best 
Well, I mean, and this genre wants to survive. They have to evolve and adapt these other properties that have been around because that's how comics have survived. The same thing. You gotta you gotta do something new and fresh. And it's it's always I always find like deconstructing the superhero genre interesting. So I kinda like those type of shows when they do that. Yeah. I mean, in some ways they feel like the anti Hollywood. Uh, superhero stories because they're not restrained by having to appeal to as many people as possible having to throw in this other stuff because even with uh, the boys season two they made fun of that one scene in endgame which i love marvel's endgame but there was this one controversial shot of the, the film where all the female superheroes got together only to see captain marvel just destroy everything for them and, and and they addressed that in season two by having all of the female superheroes just kick uh, one person's butt. It almost like a total beatdown. This show doesn't seem like it's intentionally trying to go after or make fun of other superhero properties. I mean, it doesn't see it is in a way talking about some business sides because again, they're having to hide uh, the original uh, superhero team's death trying to cover it up, make sure that not a lot of people know what's going on. Cecil is trying to make sure that uh, they make themselves look as best as possible. That's why at the end, he's like, okay, well, your dad's gone. You have to take his place. So I wonder, but yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Can't wait. Yeah, I give this uh, a must watch. Absolutely. It's good. You guys should check it out on Amazon. And if you haven't watched The Boys, watch The Boys too. Yeah, they got season three coming out. So I don't know if it's this year or next year. I would, yeah. Well, it, it might it, be this year since it was 2020 for season two. Well, they filmed, they filmed season two ahead of the pandemic, but season oh, three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that maybe season three either is this year or next year. I, I don't know. I don't know how this works when you try to work make a movie around covid so yeah i'm not sure i I know they've been filming things for a while now though yeah who knows that is all we have on the show today now one thing i want to say is that i have a job interview next wednesday or this coming wednesday for possibly a new position that is very exciting if i do get it but if i do get it that means my schedule of free time is going to change because i'll be working at a call center like anywhere from three to five days a week, which is Monday through Friday. So if that happens, it would be an eight hour shift from seven or seven or eight to 4.30 PM. That will definitely change how this will be. So if it comes a case where I got to work during when I would normally record on Fridays, and I'll move this to Saturday. I don't think I'll be working immediately after the interview so it'll next friday will still be on but i I mean i'll i'll change if anything is needed but it will look like i might have to move this to a saturday uh going forward okay that's fine next time well star wars they got uh, their own suicide squad on star wars day they the uh, bad batch so they got the premiere it will be on a tuesday uh, but we'll watch it on and the only movie that's coming out next week as far as at home streaming monster so that'll be that and later in the month of may there's other film again i talked about uh, uh love death and robots i will definitely cover that okay we've got Zack snyder's army of the dead coming out 
in May? I think it's the last weekend in May. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Last. So last weekend in May, it looks like there'll be two big black because that's also when Corella uh, is coming out May twenty eighth. So the last weekend. Is that um, just theaters, or do you got to pay? Theaters and streaming. It's but the streaming it is going to be the premiere access. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird which ones they're doing the premiere access for and the ones they're not. Yeah, Shang Chi is not premiere access, and neither the. I, I I think what the reason why they're doing that is because by then that's when they're hoping people will be back in the theater. I, I, this yeah, but they're dropping that. Luca the Pixar yeah. movie straight to Disney Plus. Like I feel like those ones they would be more inclined to pay the extra money than the ones they're like making us pay for to watch. Yeah, all this is just really weird. I don't know. I mean, I, I personally would, I would preferably not want to pay $30 just to uh, see a movie, but I mean, not something, they are big movies. And, and for those who like to go to the theaters again, that will probably watch them on the big screen. I'm going to watch at home. So but whatever, two more movies or got those premiere access, unless if COVID gets even worse and then Shang-Chi is going to have to fall back or I don't know. Yeah. Because Black Widow's got it, but Shang-Chi's not coming out to what, September now? September, yeah, September 11th, or yeah, the second week of September. So that's what they're hoping, that the fall that we don't have to deal with this anymore, or at least not in the level of, you know what. You got your second shot, right? Yeah, I did. I'm fully vaccinated, so there is that. Me too. Yeah, I'm still waiting back. I'm not going to freely go out there, but I and when they've been talking about how when you are vaccinated you can uh, actually go out like you can go outside without masks or and you can be around other people who have been vaccinated without yeah. masks but they still say you should wear a mask in public which which well, i'm doing the reason why and i i get that because i think this is what's going to happen to businesses too they're going to adapt that you need to be fully vaccinated now i think movie theaters are for a bet they're still going to let you come in without needing the vaccination card but conventions are starting to pull that out where you need to be fully vaccinated in order to attend. They're not even going to let you attend even if you're not vaccinated. Well, that's smart because that's going to be a large amount of people still. And probably is not going to be as large as they typically are. But still, I think that's smart for conventions and cons to have that. I hope movie, th- I don't know if movie theater is going to, because, and it's not just conventions, uh, flights too. If you were going to go. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think that's smart as well because you're in a small, that's even smaller than a movie theater. You're in a really enclosed space. So. Yeah. So until then you can listen to this on uh, Podspreads, different podcast hosting platforms, uh, uh, Spotify, you, you get it where you're on there. Also, Facebook.com slash Pondstress, Twitter at ChoosePond64, Instagram slash Pondstress, all aboard the Discord when y'all hang out and do things. I think this Sunday I'm going to display Arlo the Alligator Boy. Uh, what? Uh, oh, yeah. No, Justin's not invited because, you know, Justin will dream. No, well, well yeah, yeah, I don't know. We, if he wants to come, he wants to give the movie a chance. It, it is a real movie because it, it's, it's that bad. I don't know if you... Well, on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, that's a 90%. That basically is rotten. <laughs> oh, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> did you hear that Paddington 2 is now the best-reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes? You know what's funny about this whole situation? 
is that I got crud for loving Paddington too because everybody just looked at the titles like, wow, that sounds like a bad movie. And just did not, most did not watch it, but people who did, they're like, wow, actually, yeah, that was way better than I thought. I bet you, if people gave Arlo the Alligator Boy the chance, they're going to feel the same way. Because all you are just it, looking at the It's pretty table. fun, but I'm not putting it up there with Paddington. Too, I don't, though, yeah, but. I don't like, I, I don't think it's as good as Paddington 2, but I thought that movie was sweet. I liked it. I like the musical numbers. Oh, the music was great. That, yeah. uh, that Arlo, that Alligator Boy can sing. Yeah. It, I mean, just, you, you know, it's just Justin. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. And you got the, or, movie real no not the the uh real store or the real store not the real store read god dang it, i've been having a troubling time video here. store rejects podcast yeah, uh, our episode should be uploading soon we're recording our aliens episode because we're doing james Cameron movies right oh. now and so we're recording aliens yeah. this weekend it's gonna be fun that'll be cool uh, unless you have to go for the ones that he produced that means you have to see the no we're just <laughs> doing we're well, I like the Alien franchise for the most part, but uh, no, we're just discussing the films he's directed. Okay. No, I, I was what I was saying is like, well, then you would also have to put in uh, uh, what was it, Alita, and then uh, oh, uh, the the recent Terminator movies. Yeah, I tried watching the newest one because it's on Hulu or Amazon, and I couldn't get into it. But... I, I I'll say it's at least better than Genesis. I haven't even seen Genesis. No, Genesis Gen- is the worst that I, Terminator I, movies will ever get. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. Or Genesis, as it's spelt. No, that. In fact, to me, that is one of the worst action movies of all time. Like that. that no, that's. You get that. Out of, I, I think there were some things that were all right about Dark Fate. I, I didn't hate that movie, but yeah, I mean, it, it's still a franchise that does not need to continue after its first two. Agreed. I don't understand why they keep going back to it. Oh, well. Till then, take care. Bye.